Welcome to Altered State of Affairs, the podcast with Gerald Kasimov, produced by the team at CastSource. This is season two, Reach for the Stars. Reach for the Stars, the much-anticipated second installment in the Altered State of Affairs series, is now available on Amazon. Visit GeraldKasimov.com for more articles, podcast episodes, and links to some of the author's favorite local and indie bookstores. It wasn't that long ago. I'm in Arizona and I'm driving down the road and I sort of ran a red light and it wasn't too bad. I told the story in another conversation I was having and I felt bad and I waved. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to do this. And, you know, coming at me and Mason, our, my son's in the, your grandson's in the back seat. He's like, dad, there was no one in that car. And so we're cracking up and I just apologized to a driverless vehicle. Oh my God. So you could be going to your refrigerator and taking that in right now, ordering, get on my app order groceries. They deliver them to my front door. Like the refrigerator is going to know what food you order, what food you want, what food you're out of, what food you need, what food you need to be eating based on your health and this and your whatever, everything based on your culture and all this stuff and your tendencies. And you're, they're going to predict that behavior and it's going to order for you. It's going to be delivered driverless. And chances are, it'll be a robot that's going to grab it, bring it and put it back in your fridge. And to someone could say, that's the craziest thing ever. I'm never giving up that data to anybody. But you're already giving it up. <laughs> I mean, right, right. They've got it all. They know. They know what you eat. Right. They know your health. They know all about your health. Yeah. Well, it was the same thing that says, well, you know, someone's Facebook comes out and kids are on Facebook. It started in college campuses. Okay, cool. And everyone's like, that's ridiculous. Why would anyone use it? Well, the number one user of Facebook are people, I don't know exactly the age, but it's over the age of 60. Hmm. they're the ones that are on Facebook. And these are the people that said they would never use Facebook. Now the apps have changed and developed and all that kind of stuff, but the data is out there. You're no different than if you go to Wegmans or Harris Teeter or what have you, they have the cards and they have your phone number. And so they know everything that you've ever ordered in your experience because you save a few bucks for it. So they're right. just taking, they want that for the data, right? Like it's pretty obvious. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But so we're going there. And so you have to accept these things or not. You don't have to, because that's the other thing with you don't have to have trade you don't have to accept your wild ride that you want to take us on well there's a lot of content to choose from maybe i don't like science fiction maybe i don't like books that you know i want to talk to an alien race that we don't know anything about and so you just let it go right so yeah that's okay so you'd mentioned something too about art before and getting out there i read this book rick rubin famous music producer called the creative act and talked about trying new things right like if you're trying to be creative you can come up with examples to, to help yourself become creative. Like if you want to write something, like only start every word with the letter C. And every word you write has to start with the letter C and you just create this wild thing, right? And it doesn't mean you're going to publish it. You're just getting your mind to think that you can reframe the rules to come up with this new thing. Or, you know what I'm saying? Where there's so many different ways to get to your point, to get to that part about creativity because I'm going back to how you get here, how you as an author can get to the story. Because like you said before, you're not sitting there preconceiving the story years before. You're pulling out your pencil and your paper and you're creating as you go. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I do it. Right. Other authors are structured. They know the ending before they know the beginning. and They know every step of the way. So that's great. A lot of big-time sellers do that. But I'm doing it more for me because I enjoy the journey. And like I said before, I don't know where Cindy's going to take me or Steve and Robert. 
I'm going along for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And you're stopping along the way because I would also say this, just because it might be out there, the story might be out there. There's a ton of research in your book that I get to learn about missiles, for example, and it's correct information. So there's still correct information, even though you're taking us to a place that perhaps this conversation between the human race and this aliens somewhere else would never happen in today's world. Okay, cool. Well, I can already accept the fact that that's taking place and I can go down that ride with you. But there's also correct information in here based on research and data that you've accumulated throughout your process. Yeah, so everything is superimposed upon everything else. You know, we have time span. You can almost say that they're time traveling because they're doing one thing in one era, one thing in another time, and they're using modern equipment, and maybe it's not modern day. So the reader has to accept that this is that kind of uh, story, or at least understand what it is. They may want not accept it, but they have to understand. Yeah. So it reminds me, we have a friend, and you know who he was, Ray Fetterman, who's an author, very famous one around the world. He wrote books like without punctuation, without paragraphs, just one word after another. And he sold these books in like 100 countries, translated. And he never followed one single rule, but he was professor, chairman of literature and all this other stuff. So the reader has to accept what they're looking at, what they're trying to do, and they can take whatever they want from it. So Yeah. Well, the rules have changed a lot. I mean, at the end of the day, when you write a book, it's going to be digital. It's going to be paper or hardback. It could be audio now, right? They had audio tapes, but now it's all digital and you can download on your app. So in some respect, there's some confines to this. And I was just thinking about this as we were talking because you mentioned the Bills before and you often talk about Ohio State as well. And it's like get into the sports concept, right? When you play a sport, you play within the rules of the sport, okay? In football, there's sidelines. There's the, the size of the field, the yards, the first downs, the amount of timeouts that you get, the amount of players that you can have on each team and the certain things that you can and cannot do once you're on the field. But what's interesting, and you wrote an article about it, and this is going to publish soon by the time this airs, but you said the year was 19, I think you said 1966. Woody Hayes was the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes football team. Football evolved to that point, and football has absolutely evolved to this point, and there's been innovators along the way that have changed the game. At the same point, yes, minor rules have changed here and there. These people were, you know, like the run-and-shoot offense. Like, these things just blew people away, and they said it would not work, right? So I'm just thinking of, like, when you play within... There's rules, but you can still break the rules within the confines of the games and you change things up, right? Like in basketball, you could look at the full court press. Where'd that come from? All of a sudden, it's like, well, you can't do that. Like, well, nowhere in the rule book says you can't do it. So we're innovators. We're innovating in things. And you've done that in your career and you're innovating again with writing. But you see where I'm getting at? Like there's these rules that we live with and in sports is, uh, you know, there's a winner and a loser in all the games. I get that. But we can still innovate in unique ways. Um, maybe you have to be receptive to where I'm trying to take this, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but I think innovate is the key word there. You, know, you can still play within the rules and you have to play with, like if you're in a society, you have to obey the rules, so to speak, or else you could get thrown in jail. But there's innovation. There's, sometimes there's chaos in society, which creates change. 
you know, look at COVID, what happened, you know, created all this chaos. And then afterward, everything is different. And you talked about Woody Hayes and football and basketball, for example. Who would have thought that the three-point play would be taken over the game? I mean, God, there was no such thing when I was a kid. There was no three-point play. It's shot. And so that came in because of innovation. So I think innovation is key here. It's a great word, innovation. Yeah. And it's a great concept. 